everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth, and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. I'm praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning saunterers, welcome to another saunter on Sunday. Today we are looking at Genesis chapter 10, which is a really interesting chapter, and uh, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us to comprehend and to really gain some value from today that he'll speak to our hearts and do some good stuff in us. So Lord, we welcome you. We believe that this is your word. We want you to speak to us through it, Lord, and for it not just to be interesting information, but actually to be significant and life-changing for us, because we believe when you speak, it is life-changing. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our homes today and thank you for this glorious day. Amen. Good morning, Fliss. Um, I do have the dog with me, so just be prepared for an outburst of barking the minute something changes in the air pressure in the house or something goes on, someone coughs down the street. So uh, anyway, we're good to see you, Kathy. Um, before I start, oh, here we go. She's on the move. <laughs> the, door, the door latch is a little bit temperamental. So you, if you're sleeping in this room ever, don't try and get out in a fire. Jump out the window as <laughs> quicker. Oh, boy. Good morning, Dave. And good morning, everyone. So here we go. Oh, no, I just wanted to say this. just wanted to say this before I start. So this is a very long introduction, and I apologise for that. Um, I I... Thank you for being patient when I was away. Um, I was in Sheffield and I went to the funeral of a dear friend who was my life group leader when I first moved to Sheffield to go to college in the college, the art college, which is no longer there. It's all been demolished and there's lots of um, apartments now. But it was just so lovely to honour such a great man. And, and I just want to say again, Clive Ballantyne, you were a legend, you are a legend, you were majorly influential in my life and Ruth I thank you, I thank you both for your hospitality and welcoming me into your home and I'm just so grateful to you Clive and Ruth for all that you imparted to me and looking back and just going up and meeting those friends who we haven't seen some, some of them we haven't seen for nearly 40 years, sort of 30 seven years or so it was just so lovely to to still have that incredible connection and it made me realize again just how formative those three years were in Sheffield and I'm so grateful to everybody um, who we met over the last couple of days but also who weren't able to come and Alison you're one of those and I just honor you guys for all that 
you imparted into me during that time and I'm so grateful and praying for God to do a mighty thing among the remnants of that community that we were together and to stir up faith and to really begin to move again and fill again with his Holy Spirit the embers of what was a really exciting uh, community of believers back in the day. So God bless you. So here we go. Uh, chapter 10. These are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. And so we know those names, Shem, Ham and Japheth. And they, according to the Bible, they are the ancestry of the whole human race. So Noah and Mrs. Noah. And we, funny, we don't ever get to know her name, isn't it? A bit sad, really. I'm sure she was lovely. Anyway, Mama Noah, she's the lady who was the mother of the whole human race, I guess. Uh, and uh, so the sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach and Tiraz. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath and Togomar. The sons of Javan, Elisha, different one to the one you know of, Tarshish, Kittim and Donam, Donanim. From these, the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with their own language, by their clans, in their nations. Now, some of these names, people much smarter than me, much more <laughs> able to chase down detail, have done research into all of this, as you can imagine, and they've checked it out. And some people think it's inaccurate. Some people think it's incredibly accurate. And I've seen maps that show where people have done like DNA tracking and so on. And they've tracked these kind of ethnicities into the different parts of the world. And it's really interesting because if you remember what um, Noah blessed Japheth with in the preceding chapter, he said, may God enlarge Japheth. And if you look at one map I saw, Japheth was orange and his descendants were spread from uh, South America, North America, all across into Europe. And it's incredibly widespread all across um, those regions. Ham was green and he was all across into Russia, but down into Africa and so on, and in the, in the Middle East as well, and, and it's really interesting, and I, I'm not qualified to kind of verify the work of these researchers, except to say it is fascinating, and linguists have done a lot of work in tracking these languages down, and apparently a lot of the names listed here in Genesis chapter 10 are, would be the derivatives of the names of certain civilizations. So we'll see a few as we go on. Um, but these particular guys, the the uh, ones listed here, um, apparently Japheth is believed to be the father or the progenitor, is that the right word? The um, originator of the Indo-European um, peoples. So um, from Europe down into India and across into South America. Fascinating. And uh, so these these people are his descendants. And actually, some of the names listed here are not don't seem to be individuals, but seem to be uh, an ethnic group. They seem to be like a nation or a people group that came from 
this guy's descendants. So interesting. And if you're a studious type of person, you want to dig and find out more about it, you can find loads of stuff out about all this kind of thing. Um, and obviously try to go, <laughs> try to look at academic stuff, not just people's opinion, because uh, if you've got that kind of brain and you can handle it, it's worth doing. I personally feel like I've... <laughs> I don't have a future in studying the ethnicities of the human race. So that's, uh, sorry to disappoint anybody. That's not going to be my doctorate. I'm not going <laughs> to spend my time researching that. However, this is fascinating and interesting. So verse six, and thank you to all the people who do think it's necessary to study these things because it just, it is kind of useful to have that kind of bit of background. Verse six, it says, the sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. So these were the sons of Ham. And you'll see Egypt there. In some translation, it says Mizraim. Well, that's the same people group that formed the nation of Egypt. And um, also the Canaanites, it seems, were from... Uh, were they? No, hold on. I don't know. Let me just back up on that one. Um but the uh, certainly the Egyptians came from that, it would seem. So these were the sons of Ham and uh, Africa and regions. Now, I think I said before, we do not, we absolutely do not um, look for any ammunition to, fun, to fuel racism from the Bible. We absolutely do not. So anyone who wants to try and dig up old arguments about the curse on Ham, it was actually the curse on Canaan not ham. And so we don't get into all of that stuff because that has been a huge, huge abuse of the word of God, a huge abuse of the scriptures. And God f forbid that we want to um, stoke any of that stuff. So what we do is we look at the New Testament and we see Paul saying, listen, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, slave or free. You know, we're all actually in Christ. We become one and we're united in this person. James tells us that the poor person who in normal society would have to sit on the floor actually should be sitting up at the table and should be welcome and treated with the same courtesy and grace that the wealthy person who might have a place of honour normally in a, perhaps a normal society. Um, he says, no, you guys need to treat each other exactly the same whether you're rich or poor and uh, whatever your background is you need to honor each other and treat each other really really well so um he says uh so then then verse six it says the sons of ham are cush egypt put and canaan the sons of cush seba havilah sabta rama and sabteka the sons of rama sheba and didan so if you're looking for an unusual name for your children, look no further. We have them all here. Goodness only knows what they mean and have fun trying to <laughs> get the other kids to pronounce them. So Cush fathered Nimrod. Here we go. Is a name we've heard of possibly. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalneh in the land of Shinar. Now we know that that um, is the land of Babylon, or now we call it Iran, Iraq. 
that kind of area is where Babylon was, the, this great civilization. It was where the Tower of Babel was built, which we'll read about tomorrow. And Nimrod, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Andrew. We're looking forward to seeing you later. Good morning, Ruth and Rosemary and Katie. Nimrod, where it says he was a mighty man, the word, we just get this sense that he was a mighty one. He was like unusually powerful. And where it says before the Lord, it's kind of interesting because that word there, which we understand can mean presence and face or faces, can also mean in the in kind of opposing to, sort of like right in God's face, if you like. And so Nimrod was this powerful, powerful man who was legendary. He was the first one like him in that season of kind of history. And he was a kind of direct challenge to God. And it, where it says he was a mighty hunter, it seems that's a bit of a euphemism. And actually he was a tyrant and he hunted down people and enslaved people or, you know, kind of basically tyrannized people and built these powerful cultures. And um, as we read on, we understand the significance of Babel. But Jewish, ancient Jewish, Jewish writing apparently just sees him as this tyrant who um, in, who kind of dominated this region and established himself by sheer strength. Now, this is a really, really important key because it helps us to understand what's behind the Tower of Babel. It was all about human strength. Now, that's a really, really interesting because if you look at Noah, he was completely swallowed up in this move of God, which was way, way bigger than him, that he had no control over. And all he did was obey God, get into the boat and get saved with his family. And that's history. So there's Noah. He is just a complete kind of carried along by this move of God. He's completely carried along. He doesn't assert his own will. He doesn't try and put little bits on the ark that God hasn't says. He does everything that God says. In contrast, Nimrod is this powerful man who's convinced of his own greatness and dominates the region and tyrannizes people and rules harshly. And he wants to build this monument to himself and to the human race and to human strength which we know now is as Babel. And so we'll talk about that tomorrow, but it's just really interesting. So the Bible is a little bit short on detail, but um, Jewish um, writings kind of give us a little bit more insight into the kind of reputation of this guy. So he wasn't just mighty in, this, in the way we might admire, but he was mighty in the way that was opposing to God and arrogant and set himself up against God. And this is this is really, really important because there's such a contrast between these two guys who fathered civilizations. One is a man who is given over to complete obedience to God and is carried along and protected in this move of God, which is a judgment move. And there's this other guy who is opposing God and wants to build this great thing, this great edifice to human strength and to himself and kind of leave his mark on the earth. Right. In fact, when God says, Noah, you have found favour in my sight, that's the kind of 
thing we want, that's the accolade we want, isn't it? It's not to be known as a mighty person, as a hugely influential person. We want to be known as somebody who has found favour in the eyes of God. That is, wow, that's the best accolade we could ever have. Righty, so he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. So they obviously, it was legendary. They had a little saying about him and yeah, it obviously wasn't all good. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Enoch, Akkad and Kalneh in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went out, went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Kala and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala. Nineveh obviously is still there. It's called um, Mosul now um, and Kala. That is the great city. Uh, Egypt fathered Ludim, Ananim, Lehab, whatever, and these other people. <laughs> Naphtalim, Pathruzim, Kalushim, from whom the Philistines came. So there you go. You're getting a little bit of um, filling out some detail. But these people of note tend to be people who lived in the Middle East. And it doesn't comment on the people who lived farther afield. So obviously the rest of the world was populated in due course as well. So, right, Canaan fathered Sidon. His, that's a city, isn't it, or a region? Canaan is a region. His first, firstborn and Heth and the Jebusites, they were living in Jerusalem when David came to power. The Amorites, they were enemies of the Israelites. The Girgashites, they were also the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites. Now, the Sinites, some people believe were the Far Eastern Oriental races that we, you know, we also have like the term um, Sino-American relationships. So we refer to China as, sign, you know, in the kind of that kind of political speak, like we might have Sino-British relationships or Sino-American relationships, like we have Anglo-American Relationship. You know what I mean? So the, the that word still exists in our language to some extent. And so it's believed that the Sinites came from this guy um, who was Canaan, the Arvadites, the Zemorites, the Hamathites. Afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in direction of Gerar as far as Gaza. So this was their, their kind of population spread which in terms of geography of the earth isn't a big region but because they were kind of known kind of neighbors of Israel they get more of a mention I guess um and so it goes on oh boy so and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim as far as Lasha these are the sons of Ham by their clans their languages their lands and their nations to Shem that's the word we have now, um, the Semites, as in Semitic, anti-Semitic. We understand that's anti-Jewish. It's actually Semitic peoples are the Arabs as well. And so um, Shem is believed to be the father of the Jewish people and the Arab nations. So to Shem, also the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. So to, to Shem who was the elder brother of Japheth, he had children too. The sons of them, Elam, Asher, Arpashad, Lud, and Aram. And we know of the Arameans, 
We know of the Ashurs, they were the Assyrians, the Asherites, they were the Assyrians. And so we can see that these, um, these guys kind of fathered dynasties and ethnic groups and nations and people groups and so on. So the sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether and Mash. There you go, the origin of Mash. Um, Arpashad fathered Sheila, Sheila, good eye Sheila. Arpashad fathered Sheila, and Sheila fathered Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for his in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered Amodad, Shelef, Hazmarveth, Jera, oh gosh, and lots of other people. Hadadam, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimel, Sheba. Sheba, um, Orphir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. It's, some people think that Jobab was Job, the one who's meant who gets a whole big old book in the Bible. Interesting, possible, I don't know. Can neither confirm or deny. And all these were the sons of Joktan. The, che- the territory in which they had lived extended from Mesha, in the direction of Sifar, in the hill country of the east. They are the sons of Shem, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, in their nations, and from these, the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Now, somebody would say, well, surely the languages all came at the time of Babel. The different languages, yes, but this is just an overview of the spread of the nations. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. I do think I need a PhD for just getting through reading this chapter. <laughs> oh, go on, Tim. Tim says, hi, Paul. Sorry to be vague, but there is mention of Nimrod in one of the minor prophets as a bad guy. There you go. So Nimrod is generally believed to be a kind of a human being who rises up in his own strength and arrogance and and kind of opposes God and is an affront to God. Anyway, so let so um so the Tower of Babel was when they all the the languages were all jumbled up and we'll hear about that tomorrow. But this is the account of the spread of the nations and how they came to be where they are. Now the these chapters are arranged strategically so that we get to the point and there's this kind of funneling of us, of our thinking down a track which leads us into God's plan, coming into the world through Abraham and then Isaac. It's really interesting. And just to, without doing a, a plot spoiler, I just want to say this. In this time of chaos, God's plan was to send a son It wasn't to send a program or a champion like Nimrod or a warrior or a world leader. It was to send a son and his name was Laughter. His name was Isaac. How funny. This was God's master plan at the time of these nations as the things are building up and the world is becoming populated. God's plan is to intervene in the affairs of the human race by sending a son and he sends a child to a barren woman of 90 uh, or some 90 something and, and a husband of uh, uh, nearly 100. 
And that's God's plan. Just as his plan was to send a son. He wasn't going to send a great world leader like Nimrod. He was going to send his very own son and Isaac. So we get the story of Isaac, which is pointing us all towards Jesus, who will come. So he's the one who God sends into the world to bring some sense into the chaos that we manage to create when we go our own way. Righty-ho. So that's the end of this chapter. It's a bit kind of um, in terms of names and everything, but it is relevant. It is important. And Lord, we ask you to continue to speak to us as we journey through the book of Genesis. And Lord, be with us today and speak to our hearts and be close. Fill our homes, fill our families with your presence, Lord Jesus. Watch over our descendants, Lord, and watch over the dynasties that are coming from our own lives as we walk with you and let us walk faithfully and raise up godly descendants in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, John Sargison, good to see you, mate. Have an amazing day, everyone. God bless you. Love you guys. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him, but more than anything else that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Uh, or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much. <laughs>